On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You own the team, you own the network, figure it out. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt over here, Rob over there. What's going on today, man? We, We all good? Well, just sitting in the dark, brooding, you know, trying to figure out what it is that I grabbed myself to drink here. Mm-hmm. You know. Would, uh, just, while you're working on that, I yes. feel it important to let you know, I'm not sure we've ever had a busier day at contact at tallcanaudio.com than we did following your berating of certain snowblower owners last Monday morning. Yeah. People not loving that. People had opinions. People had takes. But what are the, what are the takes? Uh, I have picked out my favorite three. Okay. Uh, one of them is just a link. There's one, one of these podcast apps. I think it's called Overcast or Outcast or something. It's a little like YouTube where you can send the link to somebody already prepped at the moment you want them to listen to as opposed to just the show. So one of them just sends me to your statement on which people are allowed to have uh, snowblowers, and it just says, go fuck yourself. Um, not a lot of creativity there, but a point made, nonetheless. Uh, the other one, uh, one of the other ones here is from somebody named Kyle. Doesn't give a, a location. I We really like it, guys. When you send an email to the show, when you send something in, let us know what part of the country you're living in, or another country, or... Um, this says... I have, yes, I have an eight foot driveway and a snowblower. I also have three kids who need to get to hockey and dance practices. I'll use a fucking snowblower if I feel like it. Uh, and the last one says, imagine caring if someone else used a snow, uses a snowblower, then imagine thinking anyone else is going to care what you think about them using a snowblower. Uh, those were the three, man. This This rubbed people. Like, this was not a... I don't know. I, you always say come with strong takes, and you did, but there's strong takes coming back. Yep. And you know what? I, I'm good with I'm good with all that. <laughs> right? Um, I don't know if the third kid at hockey puts you over, but I had two kids going in different directions, doing a bunch of things, both in hockey. And, yeah, there's early morning practices, but, yeah, all right. So it's just a bunch of people. Liking it a little easier than, than most. And oh, okay. 
So you're going to come at them again, eh? (laughs) No, 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 no. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. No problems. Yeah. No problems. And I'm good. Glad for the feedback. What did you Um, crack? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish off. I just, yeah, no, just opinions, strong opinions. And this created some of those. Yeah. And that's (laughs) all right. That's all right. See, the, the thing is with snowblower people. Oh, boy. Ultimately, they're looking for the ease of it, but they also don't really give a damn what their laneway looks like. That's all right. And they can mask it up in How whatever they... That? Well, because the snowblower doesn't get right down to the black dot. No, right? but you can take the, the, the shit off the top and then get out and... Yeah, yeah. You know and what? Then, Let's and, not do and, this again. And, and, and then shovel? <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Well, yeah, but at that point, it's a way easier task, right? You're just down to the... Uh, you know yep. how... Yeah. Yep. Well, and the guy with the eight-foot laneway... <laughs> Good for you, man. I'm not sure if he was exaggerating or if that's his actual, you know, it's barely a pickup truck's length. Yeah, parking your moped in there, probably double side by side. We've seen a couple of Vespas in there, maybe. Some of these townhouse driveways hardly fucking worth having, man. Um, What are you drinking today? Um, Multiple. Are you you sure? Multiple, apparently. Yeah, it's... um, I am drinking a brown ale from Salter Street out of Toronto. Um... First pull, I got a couple of them here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm loving it. Right. Has a bit of that. Um, well, it's it's really it's an unlooked for sort of metallic finish, like you'd get with a stout. Right. But not what you were so hoping I'm, for here necessarily. Well, yeah, exactly. Wasn't really looking for it here. Uh, although I think the the more I pull on it, the the better it'll get. Right. So um, so far, it's nice. It's nice and dark. Right, it's got, it's got, but it's got that little bit of metallic finish that's kind of throwing me off right at this moment. Okay. But uh, it comes in around four point seven. It's not gonna, it's not gonna take anybody down either <laughs> way. But yeah, not bad so far. But I'm, I'm gonna have to warm to it. I think. All right, uh, over here. Uh, still working my way through this giant collection from Five Paddle. This is the Midnight Paddler. Call it Midnight. Oh, I'm going to paddler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the Midnight Paddler chocolate and coconut stout. 9.9%, which may oh, take me be, down. <laughs> we'll it's going to be a beauty show. Yeah, we'll see how that's going to go. Um, haven't tried this one before. I got to tell you, man, when I was looking through and, and putting together the order for five paddle, I didn't even get everything I wanted. I normally buy in pairs, right? I'll buy two of however many they're going to be knowing. That's probably what I'm going to want to do on the show. Have one as we get going. And it's probably going to take two beers these days to get through most shows. And sometimes if I'm confident, I'm really going to like it. I'll buy four. This was all twos. And I stopped with like a page and a half still to go in their online category because it was just piling up. So I think I ended up with like um, two of 12 different things. So that's why I'm, I'm spending so much time with five paddle right now, but this is the, uh, yeah, the 9.9% midnight paddler chocolate coconut stout. Well, and the thing is from everything I've seen and, uh, and you've touched on it, I believe on multiple occasions, they seem to be doing some out of the box kind of stuff, Yep. right? Like they have a bunch of stuff. The two things I've tried from them, both out of the, uh, out of the Christmas calendar, mm-hmm. I really liked, right? And it's and it's made me want to want to seek them Circle out. Circle back. So what's your take? Um, 
normally when someone says coconut stout, it's kind of got that hint. And I know I, I've said it a hundred times. I, that's not what I, this is full on coconut. Now you can tell it's an Imperial. It's 9.9. It's got that little bit of extra thickness to it, but I'm getting the coconut here way more than the stout taste, way more than the chocolate taste. Um, not necessarily saying at this point that it's a bad thing, they're coming through strong with the coconut. And I've said that a few times about these guys that when they say something's in here, like I think it was a week ago or earlier this week, I had their uh, gingerbread stout on one of these shows, heavy on the gingerbread, right? Like they brought it. So uh, I do like that. I appreciate that they do that. So yeah, lots of coconut in this one to start. Um, and I, I'm like you, I, I really like that coconut cream pie they had in the uh, in the calendar. I picked up a bunch of those, but they're long gone. Um, yeah. And, and really it's, yeah, just, just give me what you say you're bringing. Yep. Are you getting much, are you getting much in the way of, of chocolate no, from it? It's all, it's almost entirely coconut here. Just so on the, the first pull. Yeah. Yeah. The coconut is overpowering yep. the, the rest of it. That's what you're saying, yep. but you're still getting some of that, that, um, almost syrupy kind yes. of, uh, yeah. That extra thickness to it a little bit that almost makes it like an Imperial or, uh, whatever you'd want to call it. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're checking out this one. Uh, and like I said, we're on Clubhouse. Haven't quite got Clubhouse figured out, but if you're on Clubhouse, we're at TallCanAudio. We'll see Let if us that's know gonna, how it works. Yeah, we'll see if that's going to be a thing or not, but we're there. Um, also, got a guest coming up this week. Dr. Vicki Forrester is going to be on the pod. Um, I know not as you know, uh, maybe not as well known to the hockey fan, to the sports fan as some of the names we've had on previously. But uh, as I mentioned on Thursday or Friday morning's show towards the end, um, a craft beer connoisseur in Toronto, um, a a Leafs fan, vital member of, of Leafs <laughs> Twitter. We do like her and has the prefix doctor before her name. Right. So we've kind of dubbed this. We're going to talk some hockey. We're going to talk some craft beer. And then Dr. Forrester is going to answer my idiot pandemic questions. <laughs> and okay. just pandemic related. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I, we don't need to talk about a bunch of the other things going on as, as the body gets older, things start to happen. And she has taken special care to remind me before I line up these questions, a PhD, not an MD. Um, but working okay. still in the medical field and, and has been yep. for me, um, an invaluable follow through, uh, through the pandemic. So Dr. Forrester is going to be on here. And I think we're still trying to pin down exactly when, but I think in advance of the, uh, the three title fights coming up at UFC 259 this Saturday, uh, Graham Creech and Steve Bunda, both from TSN 1200 are going to come on this week. And uh, have a pint and talk a little bit about the uh, the UFC coming up. They're both uh, big into that. They've got a good kind of grasp on on what this card's going to look like. And so we're still kind of ironing out the details, but look for that maybe later on in the week. So lots well, coming up, and, man. And they both do a uh, they're off and on with an with an MMA show. Yep. On TSN 1200, and I know for sure. I I think Bunda's Bunda's all in on quantity of beer. I think. But but Creech is a Creech is a definite um Creech knows his stuff. He sent me some recommendations here over the last month yeah. or two. Um and Michaela suggested several months ago that he'd be a guy in, on the craft beer front that uh, that knows his stuff and and yeah. Bunda is somebody I talk to during a bunch of these late nights, you know, on Saturday night when the UFC fights are on. He's always all in on that. So 
Um, that should be fun too. Like I said, we're still pinning down the exact details, but uh, I'm confident enough in it to uh, to put it out here. So um, that'll be good. Yeah. Also worth also worth going back and checking out the Matt Nichols, the Matt Nichols pod. Layback guy, eh? To yeah, uh, seven ninety four is that one. And and what I liked about it, and again, it's 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 further down the road of. Yeah, obviously, uh, Hoffley primed him, knew what he was getting into, yes. brought a couple of brought a couple of beers, and and as as you and Michaela on Friday referenced, yeah, the Washington Oregon area, it's got a hop and beer scene, yeah, right. In terms of, and so for him to to bring some local stuff and and to bring a little Alaskan, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, some different stuff. I've had, uh, I think it's called Icy Bay IPA okay. from Alaskan Beer Company. Yeah, it, it was it was it was outstanding, if I recall. Right. So interesting, right? And, and a laid back guy yeah. for sure. I, I like I like the question. Ah, forget it. If you haven't listened to the podcast, <laughs> go back and go back and check it out. It's worth a listen. Seven ninety four at talkinaudio.com or wherever you're listening to this one, you will find it on this day, February twenty eighth, two thousand and ten. Sidney Crosby's golden goal. To win the, the yes, to uh, uh, win the Olympic hockey gold medal for Canada, um, we've had the conversation before. Iggy, Iggy, <laughs> what were you doing? Where'd you watch it? These sorts of things. But Bob McKenzie tweeted out today in response to one of these tweets marking the occasion. You know that he believed that for him that tournament was the best hockey he had ever seen, kind of overtaking. 1987. Um, I'm, I've seen the 87 tournament a, a couple of years ago. They put out like a documentary and then a, a DVD set with all the games. Ironized. Yeah. And, and so I had that. Um, I obviously watched the, the 2010 games. Neither you or I remember or, you know, were able to watch 72. But again, you've seen all the, the coverage, all the... For you, do you have a take on... 87 versus 2010 in terms of which was the better hockey that you watched or the more entertaining, more exciting, more engaging, anything like that. Yeah, I, I think, and I think I can't speak for Bob, but <laughs> clearly, clearly in 2010, the hockey is better hockey. Right. Right. When you look at, when you go back to 87 and, and I'm 15 or 14 sure. or 15 and 87, depending where it is like that was it was huge that series and all three games six five but it was it was like well it was 80s it's NHL 80s hockey, hockey. Yeah. and so it was pin your ears back and go right the idea that your goalie is going to be sometimes left with many odd man breaks <laughs> right I think when you look at it I think the score in in 2010 was two one I think that's the final Wasn't it's, it? it's I think it was three two Three two, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but just much more technical. There are no secrets. Yeah. Right. The Canadians and the Americans know each other, strengths, weaknesses. Yeah. And it's really hard to to break that open. Whereas it the 87 Canada Cup was, you know, you had five man breaks up ice <laughs> and you, you just like Well, see that famous goal, right? That that the the Lemieux and Gretzky it, it all everybody in right? <laughs> like, I think I think the third man in on that is Larry Murphy yes it is I, so it's a defenseman yeah 
up up on that, blowing by whoever else is around. I think Howard right? Chuck is on for the draw, and somehow he's like the fourth or fifth man to get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because everybody else is going Just goals. blowing the zone as soon as he wins it. Do you yeah, think, so- as you watch that, and, you know, we're kind of guessing here, I wonder, as I read Bob's tweet, you know, did he mean tournament-wide versus gold medal game versus gold medal game, right? Like, certainly in 2010... Man, the Slovaks put the scare of a lifetime into us in the semifinals, right? The Russians kind of bowed out early, but were super talented. You had the Canadians, the Americans, the Finns, the Swedes. The game was at a different place than it was in 87. And so we're kind of guessing at necessarily Bob's meaning. But I wonder if just in terms of two weeks of hockey to watch, that 2010 was as good as it gets. Yeah. To me, I I was very... And, and let's be let's be honest and clear here, Matt. The Russians didn't bow out; they got spanked. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no. In, in the quarters by Canada. <laughs> oh, you better believe that's paddling. And, and so didn't even wait that, to midnight. Yeah, exactly. Right there, right. <laughs> and, and we've talked about that before too. That was that quarterfinal game, seven three. I think was the yep. final. There was the back to back bobsled gold or one two finish. Yeah, Sean Montgomery. And did and, his I, thing. and I remember, yeah, and I remember the guy walking down the street grabbing pints of beer. Yeah, for sure, man. Forever you will live in 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 my heart. Um, but I remember feeling like I'm downstairs, got the big screen going, got the, the got the the fire going, and it was honestly it's it's hot and I'm nervous. And you you know there's been and I just remember at the end wanting to have a smoke. And I don't even smoke, right? Well, you're just like, Ooh. yeah. So to me. Um, it was up in the air, right? That's at the height of, you know, uh, Quick was, was Miller, it's Miller, I think. Ryan Miller, point, yep. Right? Yeah. It just, it was so tight and it was so much in doubt. The offense was not easy coming. Well, it, it no was, one was totally sold on Lou yet. Like Broder had been pulled after, the, well, not pulled, but right. finished the American game. It was Lou's tournament the rest of the way. No one's quite sure, right? Like... He may be shitting his pants. We have no idea. Turns out he actually was. Yes, this is it, right? <laughs> but you're right. We all had that thing where, you know, he was he was he was good to great at times. Yeah. But- and we forget, like right before the gold medal goal, Niedermeyer turns it over like right in front of him. I can't remember to who, um, but he's got to make that big kind of, it just kind of gets his shoulder up in front of it and tips it over the crossbar before they break out and go score the other way. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, there was lots of those moments, right? Yeah. And that's what we love about it. Yeah. But, but, but to Bob's, to, to Bob's thing, I, I tweet, I think, I think that's where he's going. It was much more technical. Yes. There was very few mistakes to exploit. Right. So you sort short of that Niedermeyer cough up. Right. <laughs> Which you'll never hear anywhere else because the guy's a saint, right? Yeah, Everywhere no, you course. go, right? People talk about Scott Niedermeyer, like, you know, yep. and, and hey, he's won everything. So sure. let's let's, you know, it's quite possibly legit. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the deal. I think in terms of technical skill wise, right, 2010 is just is is so much further ahead than than 87. Was a thrill back in the spring. Had uh, Chris Cuthbert on and talked to him about that moment. And I'm sure he's been asked about it a thousand times, but how can you not ask him? And and on the show, he says that because the eruption in the arena was so big, it shorts out his mic for a second, right? Like it it all peaks. And and for anyone who knows anything about audio, like it peaks out, and then to stop it from being too hard to listen to or too staticky or whatever, your mic comes back down. So. 
as he's making his legendary call, his headphones, everything on the boards just peek out because the, the arena has gone insane. And he thinks he's gone off the air. Like this is the greatest moment of my career. The biggest call I'm <laughs> ever going to have. And the whole thing got shut down. Now, luckily for him, he's a pro. He keeps going. And so we on TV get it. But in the booth, it everything is just peaking like crazy, going insane because of the building shaking and being as loud as it is. So Well, and if you remember, and I was doing that whole Iggy, Iggy, yes. it's it, it was so quiet in the building because everybody is so is, nervous, man. Is so nervous, right? <laughs> and so you can hear at that point Sid calling for it as, yep. as again has the puck along the boards. Yeah. And, and and you could hear that because it was just like everyone's looking. Yes. Right. And and that is that classic classic canadian hockey audience right where you have people talk about smashville and they talk about all these places where people are just going bonkers all the time <laughs> right and you're like well whereas you look at a lot of times you look at this canadian hockey audience where people are watching the game yes. right they're, yep. like, they're like hey they're, they're 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 seeing the breakout before it happens they're they're seeing who's covering the 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 the, the low man right yep. who's carrying the trailer what's happening here <laughs> right and so instead of people just yeah so it's it's uh, that is the epitome of that situation right oh yeah in, ter- in terms of people just watching and nervously sort of going <laughs> oh my god well, oh my god ferrero commented on twitter cuz cc kind of <laughs> cuthbert there kind of relived that um just saying and I-, I thought i'd gone off the air I couldn't hear myself in my headphones and Ferrero said, cause he wasn't calling that game. So the only way he could get into it was to go sit in the booth. Like he had a press pass. So he was sitting beside Chris Cuthbert while McGuire was down between the benches. And he said, um, I was sitting right beside you. And while you were losing your mind, I couldn't hear you. Like that's how loud the building had gotten, um, yeah. that fast. So it, it, it's a cool moment. Um, we, we've talked about it before and, and will again, no doubt, but, uh, yeah, right there with Gretzky to Lemieux, right there with Paul Henderson. And, I, I, you know, it probably depends on your era and your age on how you want to rank those in terms of their impact and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, probably for our generation, as big as it's as it's ever going to get. Well, and, and, and I think we should transition from that, Matt, right into uh, this week. Daft Punk announced <laughs> that they were disbanding. Yes. They were going in their own directions. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, that's got to be at least 28 years too late. <laughs> like, if, if, if you're going to be honest with you, I can listen to a pile of music. I can listen to a bunch of things and not like it and go, yeah, that's shit. That's Daft Punk, I think, has to be one of those bands that actually I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to give me uh, – a tumor or it's going to give me some kind of <laughs> this hurts to listen to <laughs> honestly. So I heard it on the radio middle last week to late last week. And then they played, I don't know, bigger, faster, harder, longer, whatever they're Kanye. Ali- <laughs> yeah, no, including it's what Kanye samples, right? Yes. It's Daft Punk. And I'm listening to that. And it's like, I had to turn the radio off. I just fucking leaned over and I'm like, that's, <laughs> that is, I'm gonna. It's gonna give me, you know, it's it's got Daft Punk stuff has to come with one of those things you watch before you Warning. see any of those. Yeah, like this may cause seizures if you listen to this for prolonged periods. Right? That brief resurgence, right? Get lucky, 
back in, I don't yeah, know, 2016, 2017, <laughs> something. You're like, all right, good for you, man. Like, this stinks. This is terrible. Well, and and and, and pre-Sydney, uh, Jeff and I were going down to, we were training at a gym in downtown Ottawa. Really nice, just a beautiful gym. Had exposed rock in the walls, like, and just super nice. Had had multiple power racks. They were good with you doing Olympic lifts. Right. Whatever. But the the bread and butter of these of these private gyms is clearly you know is is on um, you know the personal attention your personal trainers and whatnot. Sure. And so the guy the guy who owned it would train this woman who uh, uh, I don't know how much she was paying, but she would insist on listening to that Daft Punk album that one with <laughs> Around the World and. Uh, so that album, and which to me it all sounded like the same song, just yeah. without the same lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I remember I remember going to the desk one day and saying, "What the fuck is going on here? When do this I get terrible. to pick the album?" Yeah, because you are. That's what I said. And he's like, "Yeah, when you start paying personal trainer fees." <laughs> okay. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's what ended keep up clearing my Walkman. Yeah, exactly. And that gym ended up closing and I lost three months worth of, Dope. so I guess there wasn't enough Daft Punk, but no. <laughs> um, yeah, terrible, terrible. Good riddance, and I, Daft yeah, Punk. It, this is it. And I wanted to take a second or two of our time here today at the risk of, you know, enraging Kyle, who Daft- listens to Daft Punk while he snowballs. Yeah, while snowballing. <laughs> this is exactly right. Those of you driving your Vespas. And whatever, snow blowing your four foot laneways. <laughs> oh, it's shrinking. It's already, yeah. yeah all well, right. I, I think those people are already making up for something, anyways, <laughs> even with their snow blowers. So, all right. You know, Daft Punk, snow blowing. Yeah. Anyways, I just, I, I, I thought it was important. And maybe <laughs> to bid them maybe, adieu. Yeah. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Right there. <laughs> get out. Uh, we had a couple things we wanted to get to today, man. Your choice. Where do you want to start? I want to start with the Montreal Canadiens, Matt. Okay. Uh, this no, not, week, not, not where you were going. No, I'm I, like I said, man. Your choice. I was just going to set okay. the table. Um, this past week, and, and we talked about it Friday. They fired coach Claude Julian. Um, it started a fascinating conversation that gets started every time they're going to hire a new coach or a new general manager. But you sent along an article that kind of suggests that this whole thing. Um, Maybe has a deeper wrinkle to it than than what you and I, or certainly what I often consider coming out of it. It's from a well-known Habs blog. Uh, we will post the link, but why don't you kind of take us through what uh, what was said there and, and what you thought it meant in this context. Yeah, well, and, and it was... Uh, and and the, the 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 Habs blogger it escapes me yeah. uh, well, the we'll name of it, it. Yeah. but he was commenting on on an article by Regan Tremblay who is a longtime um, radio writes for Le Journal mm-hmm. and um, and just him talking about the importance Regan Tremblay talking about the importance of you know where the Montreal Canadiens sit in the in the heart of of your. Quebecois and and your Quebec nationalism and and how important it is to be represented by by Francos really right. yeah. and 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 just I think when you start to and and the and the article by by Tremblay really goes into it, it's actually quite racist I believe in terms of you sure know if we were to say, 
Well, you can't talk about, you know, the popularity of the Habs and, and it's losing some of its, its um, importance when you know that you could put 20 Fang Wongs on the ice and, and people would still love it. And you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. What are you doing there, man? You can't say that. Right. Like it's, it's, and again, it's one of those things where we talk about with Quebec nationalism, where they're willing to put, you know, we don't, we don't, we want to, we want to maintain our, our heritage by, by pushing yours away, right? Yes. We, your, yours threaten ours. And so it's, it's the irony of that is, is that how it falls short with some people, but really what it comes around to is, and he takes some shots, Trombley does at, at Weber and Price, right? Yeah. And, and, and sort of They're compares not it. and Carboneau. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and so you look at it and say, you know, that's those seventies teams on Lemaire and Savard and Lafleur, and you go, but yeah, for every one of those guys, you have a, you have a Robinson, you have a Ganey, and you have a Steve Shutt, and you, all these things. And as yeah. you work your way forward with the Koivus and the Giantas, who was a captain there, the yep. Pacioretties, like to me, these are people who have the given Kovalev's you their was beloved there, right? Like, and Markov, yes, right. There's another guy who, and, and just. When it comes to, and we're going to double all the way back to the coaching, yep. to the coaching hire, how short-sighted you are as as a as a profession, as a professional sports organization, to say I am going to absolutely limit myself to having uh, bilingual, but really Quebecois coaches, mm-hmm. and and, it, and it, it's just you have limited the pool when success is the name of the game, right? Right. You have limited yourself to to such a small population. It's like if you look at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders being the 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 you know the heart and soul of that province, mm-hmm. and if they were to say, "Well, we can only have a starting quarterback or a head coach that comes from Saskatchewan," we can't. Cool. We You're can't getting dummy forever. <laughs> this is it all the time, right? And so, like Dominic Ducharme. Or Joel Bouchard, who coaches the uh, Laval Rockets of yeah. the HL for the for the the Canadians, they may be great coaches. They might be fine, but they are not the hire that if you went with Jerry Gallant, right, or sure. you went with somebody else who's going to be able to take your team right at this moment, Mike Babcock. Sure, but if you limit yourself to just that small a pool. It's it's in no way is it going to allow you to have success. You're going to continue, yeah, to to be teaching. Out of that, or you got to go back to Jacques Martin, or or maybe you go back to Michelle Terrier for a third time. Alain Vigneault, it's, Claude sure, Julien will be back in five years. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it, right? And so, I think at the end of the day, it's like. So, it, do you believe like, him? Do you believe him? Dominic Ducharme was the guy, always his guy. No. no. I, I think there's a lot of things there that he's already in your bubble, right? So I, I said it on the Friday show with Michaela. If all of a sudden Claude Julian sees Patrick Waugh in your hotel and everything and in your for the next two, oh no, right? Like he's being worked into our quarantine, our bubble. You needed someone who was already there. I don't know whether Ducharme was going to be the guy or not, but I, I do think that Bergevin is very sensitive and maybe too much so to this whole narrative. It, it's, uh, I, I mean, do what you want, I guess, right? Like, it's your franchise if you're happy with being mediocre for for whatever. But to just assume that there will always be, like, the best option available will always be francophone, 
sorry, man, that's not the way it works in the big leagues, right? That's not how it works in pro sports. You hire the best person available. You draft the best player available, all these things. And you get over it if you want to play in a continent-wide league that sometimes the guy might not speak French. Sorry, man, that's the way it works. Yeah, like you look at you look at the federal government and and any offshoots of it, like at the RCMP, mm-hmm. where you are stuck with a spot where once you get up into in in management and beyond, yeah, you have to be bilingual. Yeah, so you now have shrunk your your candidate population oh, yeah. by eighty percent, right? Like you're you're now down to really the best, you know, people who can speak French, not just the best people, right? And and so in a bureaucracy and you know that that's whatever that's fine. But you were talking about as you said, so it's not fine for our government. But, but no, yes, it's okay. not, well or the RCMP, right. any of those things, right? Where you go, yeah, you've now taken the best seventeen percent of the population as opposed to yep. bam, the best. And in competitive sports, yeah, yeah, you are now looking at a at a situation where you have worldwide. If Barry Trotz is available. You're just like, no, not interested. Yeah. But you look at good for you, man. (laughs) Well, you look at the EPL, right? Or you look at any uh, happens all the time, all the time, where they bring in guys who, who it's it's not you know they're not super fluent. They're not bringing in just English guys, right? And it's good enough for them, but it's somehow not good enough for the small little (laughs) protective backwater that is that is Quebec. So I just at the end of the day, you get what you deserve. Yep, do what you want. It's going great, obviously. If you're willing to be that provincial and and that small time, then fill your boots. So you get what you you get what you deserve. That's really my. You'd think, yeah, you'd you'd hope that when it comes to the Habs that they could they could see it. And that's what the that's what the blogger was saying. Yep. Right. Yeah. He's saying it is it is a bigger thing. It is it is for everybody. Yeah. Right. It's not just for your. Well, especially you're hoping your, to turn this team over to Nick Suzuki. And to Yasperi Kutkanyemi, and like that's gonna have to be good enough for you, right? Like it's gonna have to be okay that it's a Finn, and a, I don't even know where Nick Suzuki's from, right? Like, a, London, Ontario. Okay, so is that okay or isn't it, right? Like, or do we have to just get back to now? It's got to be all Jonathan Druans, and it's got to be Mark Bergevin's, oh. and it's got to because that's not going good that with, good. <laughs> good luck with the Druan thing. That's sure. all I gotta say. Uh, and you know what? And, and that's really all I had to say about that. Well, it um, is. It's interesting, I, man. I, I, and I feel strongly about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're in our division. Exactly. Now and next year. Right. And if you want to continue to suck, then that's, that's fine. Carry on. Suck away. Uh, if I can just... You and Michaela touched on briefly on the Brady Kachuk versus the Habs thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think both of you sort of, well, just the premise different. being for anyone who missed the Friday show that as the Habs chose to draft cut ahead of Brady Kachuk, there was a bit of a narrative floating around. I've seen it before. It was back out after the Habs won two in, or the Sens won two in a row against the Habs. The idea that perhaps Brady plays harder and he's going to shove it up their ass a little bit against them is sort of the conversation. If you didn't catch it Friday that Michaela and I had had. See, and, and and Brady has never said it. Nope. I've never heard from Brady say, yeah, screw those guys, man. They took a guy who was ranked way further back, right? Now, Brady was the third ranked player in that draft, right? Mm-hmm. Behind 
Darlene behind Svechnikov. It was this toss-up between Zadina yes. and Kachuk in that 3-4 hole. Yep. Um, Brady has always been super positive, right? He came into Ottawa on draft night. He's like, man, I'm just super pumped yep. to come to a Canadian team. Love it, blah, blah, blah. However, I, I, I certainly recall the next season, so whether that's 18, 19, whatever that is, mm-hmm. in the very first exhibition game, it's Montreal-Ottawa, and Kachuk scores, and he blasts Kotkaniemi in, <laughs> in the in the corner, right? And he's and he sort of stands over him, not like Cassius Clay, Sonny <laughs> Liston, right? Nothing like that. Yeah. But 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 to me, it is it's always been there. And again, never addressed by Brady. Mm. But if 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 he hasn't, I was listening to after when they fired Julian yeah. after the 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 game where Ottawa won and. I was listening to TSN, I believe it's 690 out of Montreal. Yes. Tony Marinero and uh, um, Norman Flynn were both, they're both 100% in the camp of He's fucking Brady, Kachuk, Brady Kachuk is fucking us on a nonstop basis. <laughs> right? There's not well, I like that breaks. if I'm a sense fan, if, uh, yeah, whether course, it's true or not. Course. If Habs fans well, believe it, it's awesome. <laughs> And this is it. And, and so these 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 guys are saying we should have took him. We should have took him. And and so it's it's if the narrative isn't there for us, it is for Habs fans, I believe, on well, a lot and, of occasions. And it's funny, eh? Because going back to and and college hockey is different, and and all these things. But it's not like Sens fans were overwhelmingly pumped at the pick either. I think the guy had nine goals the year before. Eight. Okay. Um, and and certainly he's come around. He's done all the right things. He's said all the right things. He's developed well. All that stuff. But let's not rewrite history. And I'm not saying yeah. you are, but I'm saying there's this, you know, this segment of Sen's Twitter that wants to, aha, we got the guy we wanted, and and it's, he's fuck. Eh, some yeah. of you, some of you. Hey, <laughs> hey dr- draft day, I wanted Zadina. Yeah, well, I wanted the forty plus goal scorer out of the queue. Right, that's. The I guy also I thought wanted. Zadina would have been the way better pick. I'm sure I've said that. I've... And, and and to me, it was it was somebody who texted into one of the local radio shows right. at the time and said, "Yeah, great, you've drafted Chris Neal with the fourth fourth yeah. overall pick." Okay, so there was a a large percentage of the population, and he wasn't my first choice either. Right, right. So so I, I'm going to be upfront with that. Sure. I, I wasn't I wasn't anti Brady Kachuk. Yeah. Right, you sort of looked at the whole package and went, "Yeah, all right, the guy's you know could he's got be, all this potential." Be. Yep, but he wasn't my first choice. Right, right, and so, yeah. It, but I, I recall, if you don't think this plays into the minds of guys, yeah, Zadina, who got drafted fifth or sixth, that uh, Quinn Hughes is somewhere in that range too. Mm-hmm. Zadina's like when they asked him, "What do you think about those teams passing on you?" And he's like. I don't care. I'm just going to fill the net against them when I play them. So this When's is draft night. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. And again, that's one of those things where you go, woo, dodge the bullet, right? And, and, and sort of, he's down there with the Svechnikov older brother. Yes. Um, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't panned out, but clearly these guys are aware of their draft sure. rankings. Sure. They are aware of all those things. And, and somebody who plays a rambunctious game as Brady does, uh, I think I think it means a little something to him in the back that he's saying, "Yeah, you took you reached for this center, and and the point you and Michaela made was valid, right? They they were drafting by need rather yeah. than than strength, and so 
I don't think they were like, yeah, fuck Brady Kachuk. We're not taking that guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, hey, man, I'm yeah. the third best player in this draft or I'm the second, whatever it is, right? And so, right. anyways, I just, it's a fascinating conversation. Sure. And I just wanted to add a little bit of a more nuanced response to it. Okay. Um, and because it is, it it's true. It does, it's not like there's no evidence to suggest that he's what, but at the same time, he does that to us too with the Leafs, right? Like there, he's that kind of guy that in division he's going to fuck with you. And um, so whether it's true or not, maybe is less relevant than whether those other fan bases believe it to be relevant or not. And that, and that's really the takeaway I wanted to leave here today was, yeah, in Montreal they talk about it. Yeah, yeah, they talk about it. And and the Marinero show is a prominent yes, midday show. Yep. So um, it, it is being discussed there. The other day I was having a conversation, a little chat. Uh, with my niece and I was telling her, you know, well, I got to get going pretty soon. It's almost hockey time. So she was asking me about 99 Gretzky, right? So I just told her a little thing here and there. I said, you know, there was 66 Lemieux and I was telling her how awesome these guys were. She goes, that's crazy, Uncle Matt. Are any of those guys still alive? And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh honey, you're killing me. Right? Like, yeah, from the mouths of babes, <laughs> eh? From the mouths of babes. Gretz is only 60 or right. whatever he is, right? He's the same. He's younger than your grandfather who's sitting right over there. Right? Like, yeah. Is uh, Grandpa still alive? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Who, who knows, really? This man, I just, um, equal parts amused and hurt, right? Just... <laughs> These guys Uncle that I've Matt. watched that's through my childhood, oh, they got to be a thousand years old. <laughs> Tell me another story, Uncle Matt. Right. Um, oh, man. Good stuff. I, okay. I, but just, sorry. Yeah. Were you going someplace with that? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, j- just, I, I, I listened to a, and it's sort of a, a piggyback on, on the, on the Habs thing and, uh, and a segue. I was listening to uh, an excellent show on, Negro League Baseball. Okay. You know, back through back through the 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. Not a show that I would uh, you know, that, that would draw me in. You know, you're like here at the end of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting takeaway is Jackie Robinson. So uh, it was on the Acromel uh, Eric Macromella show, The Offside, yep. S- Sport Sport and Law. Um, so I'm going to totally credit him with all this. I didn't do any of this myself. It was something I was listening to, but just in terms of limiting yourself, they were talking about at the end, he was throwing out names of, of, of Negro league players, you know, Satchel page, Josh Gibson. I think we, everybody's heard of those people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he said, you know, what about guys like Monte Irvin or Buck Leonard or, and so these sorts of guys, and at the end, he asked this guy who was the curator of the Negro League Baseball Center in Birmingham, Alabama. And he said, Jackie Robinson. And, and the guy said, I've talked to a pile of people and whether they played against them or they played with them or they were, you know, just contemporaries of his, people will tell you Jackie Robinson, not the best player in the Negro Leagues. Yeah, right. I'm not in surprised of, by that, maybe. Like, sometimes it's not the best guy. It's just a guy who gets through, right? Like, Well, it, at the time, he was playing for, and I believe it's the Kansas City Monarchs, if it wasn't the Royals familiar. at the time. Yeah. But the Kansas City Monarchs, Jackie Robinson was not a starter on the Monarchs when he made the move and came over to Montreal. Now, he's right. young, right? Yep. Yep. But And working his way up. And, and what they're saying is, he's a guy who went to university in California he served, he was an officer in the U.S. military. 
that what Jackie Robinson brought along with a great skill set guy was obviously national league rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. He went on to be a hall of famer. So let's not, let's not look past how great Jackie Robinson was, but that what they were looking at was how well he could take the shit and abuse. Yes. How, how much experience he'd had in an integrated environment. But really what this goes to show me isn't to denigrate Jackie Robinson. It's to talk about, how great the talent level was in the Negro leagues yep. and that you were not, you were avoiding great talent, be it Francophone or be it black. Yep. Anytime this happens, you were doing your brand and your product yourself. a crazy disservice. Anyways, I, I found it to be super fascinating because Jackie Robinson for, you know, that's funny. Most of with us, the, the, the Quebec tie into it. He was supposedly well, welcomed to Quebec, but here we are, you know, 50 years later and Quebec's going, yeah, not all of Quebec, but much of Quebec going, still really just prefer a coach who speaks the way I speak. Yeah. And they get that because that's what they get in the French media. Yep. Yep. Right. And so you, you can only expect those people to sort of what they read and what they see, that's what they get. Right. Nope. Until you look at yourself from a variety of Fox other sources. News kind of uh, situation. This is it. This is it, man. You got to get out. You got to experience something a little different. So sorry to double back on that, but I, I found that to be super relevant, fascinating. Man. And maybe the good listener would also mm. find a little something in it. Those who weren't just pissed off at me. <laughs> I think it's one of those things you get over pretty quick. Uh, one of the things, <laughs> not sure I'm going to get over too quick. Uh, in this world of shrinking sports media over the last several weeks, uh, this week, Sportsnet announces there will be no radio-only broadcast of the Toronto Blue Jays as they will simulcast their TV broadcast onto uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and across the Blue Jays radio network. So whatever the commentary team is that week on TV will also be what gets played on the radio. So... Um, in some cases, maybe you're feeling a little lucky. We haven't heard yet how much Dan Shulman we're getting. Um, I imagine it will be less than last year as things start to loosen up and he gets back to work for ESPN a bit. Maybe we get a little more Buck and, and Tabby as opposed to Dan and Buck. But regardless, it's a different game, right? It's a different way of calling a game. And we've talked before uh, about Jerry Howarth and his book and these sorts of things, the, the Tom Cheek, Jerry Howarth era of radio play-by-play um, across Canada, right? One of these things that, you know, maybe you're, you're getting the pool ready or you're putting the boat in or whatever, and you've got the baseball game just kind of on in the background, even if you're not paying attention, right? That sound of summer. And this idea that they've decided... Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to give you the TV broadcast, and you hope, like the TV broadcast is always a little more conversational, where the radio guy has to tell you the defense is shifted to the right side, that ball drops into shallow left center, because you don't see it, right? And so what's going to be asked of the TV broadcasters to appeal to the radio, if anything, or is it just going to be, you know, you're, you get what we give you? Um, you know, what was your your takeaway on this when you saw it or, or heard for the first time that you know, we're not doing it this year. Well, the first time I heard it, I thought there wasn't going to be anything right, on okay. radio. Yeah. Right. And I thought, Jesus Christ, that's, that's horrible. 
There may be um, no sport. I know I, I I was supposed to hand you the baton. There. there may be no sport that still has as strong a tie to radio as baseball. Right. You're Bob Huker cracking the two pieces <laughs> of wood together, right? On the, on the, and, and those sorts of things, right? The theater of the mind that comes with and, and as you say, a lot of what the if, if you're to, if you're to stand back with a more of a thousand yard view of what of what TV does, they're showing you a lot of graphics. Yep. Right. And explaining it. Right. You know, it, these sorts of things. Whereas you maybe don't even call every pitch. Right. Oh, and two. You saw you see you saw the pitch and you see the count up there. We can keep on talking about whatever right. we're talking about. Yeah. And so. It is so vital the connection that the the, the play by play guy has mm-hmm. for the listener, and and you're talking to a guy who, and this may make me sound like I'm a million, <laughs> but yeah, growing up in cottage country, you never had a the, snowplow through the <laughs> no for sure did not okay. through the '80s, you know, and, and into the early '90s, those great great Blue Jays teams, yeah. Um, we get it, you know, when you only got global CTV and CBC, there was only three channels. Yep. Uh, you got a Jays game a week if you were lucky. Now, Ryan come Williams and Tom Cerruti. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Or uh, Ferguson, Fergie, you know, any of these sorts of things, right? Labatt's Blue Jays yes. baseball. Um, uh, Fergie Oliver. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these sorts of things. And so I depended on the radio. Yep. I, wor- I worked at a gas station and a, and a general store every summer all the way through high school and I would have the I would have a little a little radio up on a milk crate outside and the game would be going all the time like that was my that was my first connection to the blue jays mm-hmm. was through the radio tom cheek and jerry howard right so blue jays in flight yes. so to me this is this is yeah it's it's going to be I, i'm hoping it's just for this year right i'm hoping and i wonder yeah, they say in the release, you know, it's pandemic related and this and that. They don't say whether the TV crew is going to travel with them or call the game off a monitor like they did uh, last year. Yeah. Now, there's been a bit more time um, to prepare and there is no cross-border travel. So maybe you do have your guys based in Dunedin and traveling with them. We, we don't know yet. But if you've been able to make it work for one crew... In theory, you can make it work for both. And we are, even in this pandemic, the first team in Major League Baseball to not have both. And in a market as big as Toronto, owned by a media conglomerate, to be the guys who go, yeah, we're going to be the first to cut it, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, man, that, that we are that team. And maybe we should have saw it coming when they fired Wilner there a couple of months ago. Back uh, in November. Yeah, who was a huge part always of, of whether he was doing color or play-by-play or Jay's talk or whatever it might be. Maybe we should have seen this coming then. But they say it's pandemic-related. I wonder if as, as the f- kind of the attention goes away and we kind of get used to this, if this doesn't become permanent moving forward well and and i'm outraged matt you can probably tell by my voice <laughs> a smooth uh, whiskey flavored <laughs> outrage <laughs> um 
but as I've said, since I since I sort of moved away and I went to went to school in London after I I graduated and man, I haven't listened to a, the number of radio games I've listened to since '92. Okay, I'm the opposite. Uh, like I, I would still, when we were cruising around on the boat up and down the Trent Severn in the afternoons, I'd still have it on. Um, there were plenty of times over the last few years, even where if I wasn't watching the game, right, if I was puttering away around the condo or whatever, I would put the radio broadcast on. Um, it was dropped last summer. Uh, all of a sudden, the oh, remember, man, the moose putting the wattage in your cottage up in cottage yeah. country. Uh, they picked up the uh, the Jays games, which my mom hated and I loved. It was uh, whatever, but uh, this this thing that as you're talking about, like that, it was on all the time when you were working at the gas station. That wasn't uncommon, like even now when you would pull into, like to you, it was a constant background because you were working there. But it's not uncommon as you're pulling up to a marina or a whatever that someone, either in their boat or their pickup or the shop there, has the game on on the radio. Like it was this weird kind of just always sort of in the background, the radio. And I've told the story, right? The cottage, the cottages in the area, like the, the population in the summer would boom, yes. right? Yeah. And all these, all these people were from the GTA, yep, right? And so, especially through the late '80s and into the into the early '90s. Nothing was bigger in Toronto than Blue Jays baseball, nope. right? And it was four million a year. And people would come in and they'd be like, "Hey, there's that kid, right? He's always <laughs> listening. He knows what's the score yeah. in the game, or yeah. the Jays win today, or whatever happens, right?" Like people would would hit me with these things, and mm-hmm. so it it parlayed itself into people would come by and I, I tell the story of the two guys that used to come up. I, I think there were a couple of fellas, and in the late eighties, that's. You know, it's not always Uncommon. evidence in it. Yeah, yeah, as it, as it is now. But these guys drove this Saab 900, which ugliest vehicle ever. <laughs> and they were a pair of they were a pair of dicks, really. Like to be honest with you, I didn't like them. Right. But the one day I'm walking into work, and and they're pulling out of the station on the way up to the cottage, and they're like, "Hey, we were hoping you were going to be here. You got any use for these two Jays tickets? We got seasons tickets, and we can't make this game. But every time we come in here." You're listening to the game. Right. We know you're a big fan. Do you want these tickets? Yes, I do. And I'm like, Fellas. hell yeah, I do. <laughs> but and so that parlayed itself into a bunch of of tickets for me from these guys who just, yeah, I know that guy loves it, and right, it comes from it's the radio was always going, and so that is my connection to to, to Blue Jays baseball on the radio, and so it, the production, the quality of of work that goes into it by the play by play and color. Yeah, we'll be sorely missed. And I'm hoping like hell that that it is just a one-year thing and, yep. and you understand that because to me there is a great difference between the two. And it, it's been interesting over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Mark Shapiro, president of the Blue Jays, has been asked a couple of times, you know, what do you think of these sorts of decisions? And it was primarily at first related to the fact that the Sportsnet wasn't going to broadcast almost any spring training games, which has always been a bone of contention for Jays. You own the team. You own the network, figure it out. Um, and then the radio thing comes and And he's always kind of said, well, that's their business. Obviously we would like more coverage, but I don't know what's happening over there, but I wonder, man, and, and I've heard some rumblings. There's been some good reporting on it here over the last week or two. What's happening in some of these Rogers meetings just between, you know, the president of the Jays and the president of Sportsnet and the president of, you know, Rogers sports radio or whatever, how is this 
what you're doing, right? You own them all. This should be easy content. It's your primary thing. Like even your NHL stuff, you kind of split around a bit with TSN, a bit with CBC, a bit. This is your thing. And the fact that they're cutting corners on baseball, um, yeah, it makes me wonder what we're going to see next year and, and whether this becomes a thing moving forward or not, but not a good look. Well, that's, that's your, that's your signing of, of Springer and Simeon, right? That's, we can only afford so much, right? Before you gotta go, Wilner, oh. sorry. Yeah. It, 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 sorry, buddy. You're out of a job, man. That's, that's that, rough. That, two, that all, all those millions have to come from somewhere, right? You know, you're those two guys be, you know, 43 million bucks next year or whatever that is. Yeah. Right. And so you're like, uh, Wilner and the radio crew, you're out, right? So Jays uh, win I, the I, uh, the spring opener six four today. I think the other thing we wanted to get to on this one was this kind of ongoing discussion, and it came up again on um, headlines on Saturday night there on uh, hockey night. But Elliot's written about it a couple times in Thirty One Thoughts and and whatever. This idea that the draft is supposed to take place in July for the National Hockey League this year. But hardly anybody's played any goddamn games. And Quebec's played a few. Ontario's, I guess, gonna play some. The WHL's getting up and running. But it's all going to be really short. It's all going to be hard to analyze. You don't know exactly what you're getting. And so one of the ideas that's been tossed around is postpone the draft. Maybe to December, right? Give some of these kids, um, in theory, everything gets up and running in the fall and, and a regular half season before you do the draft. Maybe you push it all the way back to draft weekend next year and do kind of back-to-back drafts. But one of the things that keeps coming up is this is collectively bargained. You're talking about people's jobs. And so let's say you push the draft a full year and all these kids who would have been drafted at 18 now don't get drafted until 19. And in theory you're now not supposed to become a free agent um, for, at minimum, seven years. Do you get compensated for that? Do you become a free agent in six years? Or are these kids being asked to work until an older age than people drafted before and after them? Um, there's, there's a lot of wrinkles like that in terms of collective bargaining. When do you become a restricted free agent? When do you become an unrestricted free agent? What are your salary arbitration rights that normally kick in at standard points that no one really argues with anymore until you tell everybody they're not welcome to earn a living in your league until a year later, um, than you thought. The reason I bring it up because these are all legitimate concerns is Friedman pointed out during his podcast on Friday that someone texted him and said, everything you've reported is correct. Um, that these are all legitimate concerns. But what is the right thing to do? What's best for the game, right? Forget what's going to be litigated. Forget what collective bargaining in this. What is the right thing to do for the game? And isn't that the conversation we should be having? So I don't know what you think is right for the game versus what's, you know, obviously going to be made possible or impossible by the the negotiations that are about to take place. But what are your thoughts on how to proceed with the the drafting of the kids that should happen this summer? Yeah, I got it all for you, Matt. Good. Finally, somebody's got this shit figured out. 
See, when you said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna touch on on last night's headlines," touch I it. thought you meant I thought you meant the Jake Furtan and Danton Heinen thing Better that yes. is is clearly you yeah, know we're all uh, clamoring for more Danton yeah, Heinen Jake Furtan yeah, news. Well, oh, yeah, this, is, this is it. But it turns out no, that's not where you're going at all. No, uh, I think you have to. You got to push the the July draft back to post World Junior, right? So mid January, sure. and th- and and that class, yeah, you have to have. Now it's got to be the, the 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 PA and and the league have to sign off on it. But yeah, at the end of the day, those guys reach free agency at the same age as you normally would. They just get they get the mulligan on the year. I, I think is so. What the that teams lose down. a year of control on everybody. Yeah, but Good what you gain from, luck. Okay, but what you gain from that, and and here's where it becomes really interesting, Matt, because I, I understand what you're saying, but it comes down to the teams who are in the bottom half right now, who have tanked out and they have tried to build through the draft, yeah. and these are so important to them right now. Looking Your at you Leafs, again, Buffalo. Yeah, Ottawa, <laughs> uh, Detroit. Looks like. Yeah, so your your teams like Toronto, Vegas, Colorado, they don't care as much, right. right, about this. But the teams who are in that bottom swing, who this is so important for them to not miss on these picks. Yeah, I I think those. those oh, I think that's lesser- legit. You don't know what you're drafting in July this year, right? And you may have an idea. Sure. But you do not have as good an idea as you normally do. Right. So at the same point, you have teams who are saying, hey, man, this is my future. This is super important to me. Yep. Right. Whereas other teams saying, oh, I'm worried about that extra year of control. But mm-hmm. there's there's going to be with different teams give and take. Right. So. So what I about. Think, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I've no, you. no, it's good. No, I'm just I was just going to summarize. So bring something fresh. Let's just, since we don't know who's going to be where, let's just push everything back here. Let's say next January, um, the Senators draft third overall, Tim Stutzla. Can he play tomorrow? I said I had it all, right? (laughs) Because there's a bunch of stuff there that, you know, bringing guys into the league, normally have to clear the waivers first. You're obviously going to have to wipe that. You've missed half the season. A lot of these yeah. guys are going to expect I'm now a part of a thing. If I'm good enough, I expect to be paid, which is yeah. fair. Because I, I think it comes down to if you look at from again from a local perspective, Marco Rossi, right? If yep. you looked at this was last year and you go, Yeah, right, Rossi's killing it here in Ottawa. Right. And he makes it to January and you go, He's just up and leaving. <laughs> Yeah. All right. See you later. Right. And, and, and everybody says, right. That, that your, your junior teams, your CHL teams are the, are the, the the bloodline to the NHL. Those teams do not want to see your Drysdales, your Rossies, you know, up and leave. Right. So that is an interesting question. And I think, yeah, I think I the NHL that. will bury the CHL if they have to for a year. They won't care. But I just wonder, does everyone, and again, like you said, the top teams really shouldn't care. But does, you know, the bottom third of the league come January 15th have help just arrive out of nowhere, right? Like, And if you're sad enough that 
you're drafting that high, obviously you're going to probably play those guys, right? It, it It's not going to suddenly make you a contender, but all of a sudden I now have a top six left winger in my organization wow. that I didn't have a week ago. That, that's the case if you're Edmonton or Buffalo. <laughs> yes. People... People who notoriously ruin young athletes. I'm told I'm not, no longer allowed to talk about Edmonton. I'm obsessed with Edmonton is what I've heard. So uh, I will not be mentioning the Oilers. But it it it's... I, I brought it up, Matt. It's fascinating though, man. Like, I don't have the answer either. I'm not saying you shouldn't get that guy if you've moved the draft to January. And in theory, if you'd have drafted him in June, he would have been in camp, maybe made your team in October and off you go. Why shouldn't he be able to be drop but there's a lot to unpack if we just yeah. do this somewhere else and well and i think it's all a give and take though yep all the way all the way through and, and maybe that's how you get around the service time right if i drop tim stutzla into ottawa's lineup on january 15th and he plays his eight games no different than he would have played in october november he's spent a year he's that much closer to free agency i i don't know yeah no, yeah, and that's happened, right? But sure. I, I think it comes down to, we've talked about it, you got to give for a, a little bit here, you got to take a little bit there, yep. and you know, yeah, we want the extra four months or three months of, of viewing, right, for these top end, and it's really the guys in the first 64 you're, you're really concerned about. Right. Well, I keep you reading can f- that. Why is that? Like, why is it the guy that might have been drafted 65th gets fucked and the guy at 64th? Like, because there's been some talk that maybe you only do the first round this July and everybody else gets pushed back. To why? Why would you ever think that's an okay way well, to... Uh, yeah, if you look at if you look at this year, the draft that happened in late October, whenever that was, yep. right? You guys, you guys drafted... Rodion Amarov. Rodion. <laughs> yeah, and and, and Ottawa drafted Ottawa drafted Yaraventi, right? Yeah. Guys who jumped positions. It's Starbucks coffee, I believe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I I do love a Yaraventi, especially that cinnamon dolce latte. Sure, I love that, man. <laughs> Can I get that in the Yaraventi? <laughs> um but yeah, these are guys who 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 moved up positions. Yeah due to good starts in their respective yep. domestic leagues, right? And so, um, no, I don't want to see that. I, I would rather see the whole draft happen together. And and I'm not sure I like the idea of of a 2021 draft and a 20... 22, or, yeah. Well, I, whatever the hell it is, man. It's like... <laughs> yeah, we may I'm not, not sure all I'll still be here in 2022. What are we even worrying about that right now? This is it. It may just be cockroaches. That's it, right? In terms of what's left kicking around. But uh, I like the idea of the early new year. You do the draft and its completion. Still get right? to see you, another World Juniors, best on best. Yeah, this is it. That, and that, Matt, you've touched on it, right? Because yep. everybody's available now. Yep. There's no, there's nobody saying, oh, I can't, I'm not I eligible be for in that. Because Islanders camp or something. This is it. This is or the I need or I'm or I'm playing for Buffalo. Right. Right, because you know they got to have somebody playing for a Jeff Skinner who's been scratched for the at that point the hundred and twenty first time to be scratched for the next six years or whatever's going on. Well, there was somebody who was saying, you know, six and a half years. Can you buy that guy out? And you go Ooh, twelve man. years, baby. Man, oh man, that is, and that's got to be the worst, the worst contract in the NHL. 
right now. Am I right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. Well, somewhere Scott MacArthur is saying, see, Rob, I asked you, would you take that Carey Price contract? <laughs> if you remember, he was, he was, see what he's he was very vociferous. Yeah. I think he was poking me at the time. <laughs> Right? Would you? Would you? And I'm like, I felt very much on the spot. Hey, man, come on. Like, I am not I'm just a having a couple fan. of pints here, man. And this is it. Well, I know. And he's like, I didn't come here for one pint. Bring him on. Love that guy. I'll have to see yeah, what he's up guy. to. Try and get him back on here. Uh, I think that's where we will start to wind this one down. Uh, we're going to get out of here. And, and for those of you Sens fans especially, but these have been awesome for hockey fans in general. James Mellish. At Silver Seeker MTG has been putting out, Rob, bangers for Senators fans here recently. <laughs> and he's got another one. Um, this is the anthem for Sens Sickos. I'm only partially sure I understand what that whole movement's about, uh, but it, it's it's catching fire. And uh, James Mellish has made another amazing uh, tune out of it. Um, so we're going to... We're going to use that as our outro. I touched base with him. He loves when we uh, pump the tires a little bit. And this one's getting traction all over the place. So we will link to the video. We will link to his Twitter. Uh, it's James Mellish at Silver Seeker MTG for the uh, Sens Sickos Anthem. Don't forget, later this week, Vicky Forrester is going to be on the podcast to talk some Leafs, talk some craft beer, and answer my idiot pandemic questions. And I think, like I said, we're going to have... Uh, Bunda and Creech from TSN 1200 to talk a little bit about UFC 259 coming up. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a busy week. We've got lots going on here. I think that's it for TCA number 796. Man, getting close to 800. Cor- correct, Matt. Thanks. Appreciate the backup. Right. Appreciate the support <laughs> there. Uh, we will wind this one down. Make sure you're following along on Twitter and Instagram at Audio, Facebook.com slash Audio. And make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening to this one. We will see you all later this week. See ya! Yes, Yes! Monday night match, Gordon was back. Yuki Moto yelling out, Joey, it's a trap. Dropping every time, sends money line. Don't leave me hanging with the unanswered five. God damn, look at daddy, he dancing with the deflection. Freddy looking over his shoulder like he needs witness protection. Matthew's waiting while the tissues thanks to his new daddy issues. Forget the fashion, both eyes like the hippie in Call them laser discs Touch the risen from the stock Call them shots and flicks Got the sim tape to tape VHS box set Still got two shades besides And I cuss at death Leafs left Looking wider than an IMAX screen Send staff on a budget made for TV Chef out Deacon Morgan Riley Call that DVD DJ vibing on the bench Burning big CDs Call the doctor, call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickles were despicable, and that's why we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes, this is space sickest but you can cure our disease. Call the doctor, call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickles were despicable, and that's why we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes, leaves lose, let me hear ya, ha, ha, ha. Habs lose, let me hear ya, ha, ha, ha. Soup crew, let me hear ya, ha, ha, ha. Jimmy Stew, let me hear ya, ha, ha, ha. Sparta Cat, let me hear ya, ha ha ha. Martin Havlat, let me hear ya, ha ha ha. Mark Mathot, let me hear ya, ha ha ha. If it ain't sicko talk, it's just blah blah blah. 
DJ, take your head and shake it. We can finish in the basement. Dress the kids and keep them playing. That's all that's in Twitter saying. We just want more streets to go. Skating punch from coast to coast. If you wanna watch it, dub, we'll subscribe to Crunchyroll. But let's just make one thing clear. Winning must begin next year. Feel that we'll be standing here. Sporting our sensico gear. Living through your window panes. Kind of link through every game. Go, Saints, go. But you can cure our disease Call the doctor, call an ambulance But it's not for me Where the sick goes, word is pickable And that's why we scream Yes, ah, 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 ah Yes, this is space, sick, steam But you can cure our disease Call the doctor, call an ambulance But it's not for me Where the sick goes, word is pickable And that's why we scream Yes, ah, 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 ah Yes